This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 7th, 2010. God is calling us to tithe. I just love babies. You know oh. what somebody just pointed out to me? Golly days. The, the, uh, the blizzard was like in February. All I'm okay, say. that's it. That's good. Good morning, Connection Church. My name's Carrie Jones. <laughs> and I'm Alan Jones. <laughs> and we're two sinners. Amen to that. <laughs> Absolutely. But we've been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we do thank you for... Wow, for bringing us here this morning and for laughter and for being able to rest in you and for praise and for worship and for your son Jesus. Now, Lord, open our hearts so that we might be changed and transformed by your word, that we might leave here differently than when we came in. We pray this in the name of Jesus and by the power of God's Holy Spirit and all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. I don't know if you saw it, though, in the paper this week, there was an article about Wilmington Trust Company, you know, bank that's been in existence 107 years, started by, uh, I think it was T. Coleman DuPont, some other businessmen, uh, just a pillar in the business community for that length of time, and uh, it was pointing out that they were, um, they were being sold for about half of their market value. Now, I'm no expert on buying and selling banks, but that does not sound like a good deal, Amen. Mm. at half a market value. And, um, you know, just like so many other businesses, it just got hit hard in this uh, tough economic time. And I, uh, from what I understand the article, a year and a half of straight losses made it very difficult to continue doing business as they were doing it. It's just another indication to us of the tough economic times that are, uh, we're in the midst of right now. You already know about that. We're all living it, aren't we? We're all living it. You know, there's, you're out there in the workplace and you see what's going on and there's hours being cut and overtime is pretty non-existent now. Jobs are being eliminated. You know how hard it is to make ends eat. Ends meet. It's hard to eat too sometimes. Mm-hmm. Ends meet day in and day out. It is tough economically out there right now. And, you know, things are tight here at church, just like everywhere else. Of course, uh, when there's not as much money going into home, at home, there's, of course, not quite as much coming into the church. We posted some numbers in, this, uh, uh, in the newsletter, in the November newsletter, in order to keep everybody up to speed so there aren't any surprises. And what we showed is in the first fiscal quarter of the year, our, our year here runs from July 1 to June 30. We'll explain why some other time, but... That's how our year runs. <laughs> and for that first quarter, July 1 to the end of September, we were like $25,000 below budget. And uh, then getting some figures yesterday and for our October numbers, it's, it's, it's even worse. I mean, you project that over, over a year, if that's just one quarter, you know, it doesn't take a Mensa candidate to figure out that's $100,000 over a year. That's, that's a lot of money. Can I hear an amen on that? $100,000 is a lot 
of money to be off budget if that were to continue uh, over through the years. And, uh, you know, the challenges of shortfall like that makes it difficult to, you know, we rent this building. The guy who owns it likes to see that rent check every month. I remember one month where we had to say we, we're going to be a little slow getting it to him. He, he didn't do a cartwheel. I was surprised, you know. Uh, the city kind of likes us to, I guess these go out if we don't pay the bill, don't they? Yeah, it's getting cold. We got, you know, salaries, all the things that make us continue to work, uh, function here takes money, and when it's not coming in like was projected, it's not there to pay. And that's not even to mention what our real work here is to, to be in mission and then to be in outreach and to not be able to take advantage of opportunities like that if it's not there to, take, to be able to do that with. Now, if all we're trying to do this morning would be to get you to give more money to take care of this shortfall, our message would be entitled, God Calls Us to Give. That's what we would title this, and we would hit you hard with, we need, we need, we need, we've got to pay the bills around here. We'd encourage you to give, give, give until we're no longer behind. There's a saying in the church, and here it is. You might have heard this before. Maybe you've even said it. God has given us all the money, all the resources we need for what God wants us to do. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, God gives us all the resources we need in order to do what God wants us to do. Well, the challenge is this. It's in your wallets. (laughs) It's in your wallets. So our goal, if all we wanted to do this morning is to make up the shortfall, it would be to get you to move the money from your wallets into the offering bag. But that's not what we're talking about today. That is not what we are talking about today. It's not about how God calls us to give. It's about how God calls us to tithe. The tithe, T-I-T-H-E, pretty simple word. We read about it in the Old Testament in several places. It's a real simple concept. Tithe means 10%. 10%. God calls us to the tithe. And the question we've got to say is why? I mean, God doesn't need our money, does he? There's no heavenly recession It's all God's anyway. Why does God need our money? God's wealth is way beyond our comprehension. God doesn't need it. But God wants it. And why does God want it if God doesn't need it? Well, to be quite honest, it's for our sake. It's for our sake. Money and possessions mean a whole lot to us. Isn't that true? Yeah, money and possessions are close to the human heart. And it's how we pay our bills and provide food and do the piano lessons and send kids to college and put the roof over our heads. And in addition to buying all the stuff, we use money as a measure. Our culture does that. A measure of someone's value, someone's status, someone's worth. 
We even have an expression that refers to that. The expression is net worth, net worth, to express the value of someone's assets over their liabilities. And all too often, we use that concept to measure a whole lot more than just money and possessions that someone has. The thing is, what God really wants is our hearts, our lives. But it seems our hearts are entangled with our stuff, with our treasure, with our money, with our possessions. You know, as the saying goes, if you want to see what's important to someone, you look in their appointment book, (laughs) but even better than that, look in their checkbook, and you'll see what's important to them. Here's what we find in Matthew 6, chapter 19 through 21, New International Version. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Say the rest with me. For where Where your treasure treasure is, there your your heart heart will be also. For where your treasure is... There your heart will be also. God wants our hearts, and our hearts most often are found with our treasure. That's why God wants us to give back a portion to Him. He wants our hearts more than our money, but God knows that when we freely give of our money and our stuff, in so doing, we will be giving of our hearts as well. When we can give freely, then we're able to live freely. Amen? Amen. Well, not only that, tithing reminds us that all that we really have is God's anyway. It's not ours. God entrusts us with God's resources. And we're reminded that we're not giving God 10% of what is ours, but that God is allowing us to keep 90% of what is his. We're reminded that God has made us stewards of all that is God's. God is not so much concerned about how much we have as God is concerned about what are we doing with what God has given us. And the question comes then, why, why 10%? Why not 5? Why not 20? Why not 2? Why not 50? Why is, what's so magical about this 10%? And I don't have a good answer. I'm not sure that we have a clear from the Bible. It's 10% because, you know, often God doesn't give us a reason. He just tells us, you know. But 10% has been an important part of human history for thousands of years, even before um, what we read about in... Um, uh, the tithe part in the, in the scriptures. The, the 10% temple tax was well known in Mesopotamia, the, the territory that was adjacent to uh, where the uh, Israel nation was. They had a 10% tax in that temple there in Mesopotamia. Per, perhaps, and this is an Alanism, so I'm going out here. This isn't scriptural. This is Alan trying to figure out why, throwing out, well, what if. Um, maybe it's because 10% is is significant enough to get our attention, obviously. 
but it's not so great an amount that we're going to say, how in the world can I live off of what you've left for me, God? You see, it's enough to get our attention, but, but not so much that it's uh, going to cripple us, hopefully. It's interesting to note in, in Malachi 3.10, which is a significant passage of Scripture in which God tells his people that they are robbing him by not tithing, robbing God by not tithing. He tells them in that Scripture to bring the full F-U-L-L, full tithe, into the storehouse. In other words, bring 10%, not one, not two, not five, not 9.9, the full 10%. Bring the full tithe to the storehouse. Full tithe, I guess, means full blessing, because we're promised blessing when we tithe. And not only are we called to give 10% when we tithe, but we're called to take it off the top. There's a lot in Scripture about first fruits. We're called to give the tithe before anything else. That's kind of tricky, the way the paychecks work. The government takes their slice before we even see our paychecks. But once those checks are in our hands, we are called to set aside 10% before anything else. And not just 10% of what's in the check after all the deductions, but 10% of what we've really made in full. Why is that? Well, God does not want our leftovers. God does not want our leftovers. God wants us to remember him first and for God to come above everything else. Mm. Let me give you a little scenario about that. Let's imagine that somebody really important is coming to your house for dinner. I'm not going to say who because different people might be different. Maybe it's a politician. Maybe it's a sports figure. Maybe it's an entertainer. Or maybe it's just somebody that means a lot to you. I, you know. But you just think for a second, somebody really important is coming to our house today. And you're going to have dinner, and you've got to think, what am I going to serve? Are you going to give that signature dish that you're just known for, that just always is a hit that everybody raves about? Are you going to try something new that you never tried before? Probably not. You don't want any surprises. It's probably not going to be Hamburger Helper. This is somebody really special. You're probably even going to spend a little bit extra, right? Think for a second, what would I serve? Did anybody think, well, I'd pull those leftovers out from last night? You laugh, of course, because that would be crazy. We serve leftovers to family, not important people, right? (laughs) No, we don't bring them out for company. When company comes... We do it right, don't we? We do it special. We never would serve leftovers. So why in the world would we give God our leftovers? And yet that's what we do when we write the check out for him after everything else has been written out, if we write it out at all. When we give God 10% off the top, when we give God our first fruits, when we give God the tithe, no longer is it simply an act of giving. It now becomes an act of discipline. It becomes a a spiritual discipline. And even more than that, it becomes an act 
of worship. Because when we worship, we are expressing that God is number one, that God is awesome. We just sang, you know, glorious over us. You will reign in all the earth. We're not saying God's just blah. We're saying God is awesome and God reigns over all the earth. And so when we give of our resources, of what God gives us, we give it back to him. It is an act of worship. When we bring God the tithe, we are expressing this in worship and awe of the one who gave it to us in the first place. It's a thank you back to God. And you might be thinking, okay, I don't care. Maybe what you're saying is true. Well, this isn't our idea. This is scriptural. So this isn't, we didn't just dream this up. But maybe what you're saying is true. But your timing really stinks. You couldn't have picked a worse economic time to bring this up. You know what I find interesting? Some people I know started tithing at the absolute worst economic point in their personal history. I think that might be true for us. I know it's true for my sister. I know it's true for some people here. That's when you can really realize the blessing, when you do it when it just doesn't make any sense at all. But the thing is, this is exactly the right time for us to be bringing it up because we we don't just tithe when things are good. We don't just tithe when I can be sure that the rest of the month's going to work out okay because I've got oodles of money sitting around in bags just waiting to pay those things with. That's not, that's not what it says in the Scriptures. Actually, the challenge is to tithe when you're not sure where the end of the month money's going to come from. That's the challenge. That's the faith step. And see, here's the thing. This is exactly what, because... See, tithing is more about trust than it is about treasure. It's more about faith than it is about finance. It's it's more about character than it is about cash. It, It has more to do with what's in here than with what's in here. It's about letting our relationship with our Lord determine our relationship with our loot. You see, many of us I imagine most, uh, nearly everyone here. That's why you're here. You, you're trusting God with your life and actually with your long-term life, with your eternal life, amen? That's why we're here. We're trusting Him with, with our eternity. Well, if you would trust God with your eternity, trusting Him with our stuff should seem like nothing, really, in comparison especially since it's all his anyway. And you know what? I I have a feeling God is a whole lot better at taking care of his stuff (laughs) than we are. We shared um, about Malachi 3.10. In this passage, God promises, God promises that when we tithe, we will be flooded with blessing. 
God doesn't say exactly what this blessing will be because God knows what you need and what you need and what you need so that the blessing would be different for each one of us. But just the same, we are prom- God gives us a promise that we will be blessed. There's a family here at Connection Church who have experienced this and we'd like to share their story with you now. My husband Jeff and I, um, we were in a position in our marriage where we were not giving a full 10% tithe. We were trying to attempt to give to the church on a regular basis, but we really weren't trusting God with that 10% of our income. And we were slowly trying to incrementally increase it, but there always seemed like there was something that got in the way, another reason why it didn't work out that month to do it. And so a few weeks ago, our small group was talking, and and tithing wasn't necessarily the main focus of the lesson that week, but it was something that we got into conversation on. And I just really felt like God convicted um, me and and my husband, Jeff, on that. Here we are, um, people who who are claiming Christ and believers, and, and we have this whole area of our lives where you really don't ever have to discuss it with anybody. No one ever really asks you. And so it's a very easy way to be not faithful to God and have no one ever know. And so that's really what I was thinking. I was thinking less about the potential for blessing and more about the realization that, wow, I need to trust God with this. We need to be faithful with this. So that following Sunday, we went ahead and wrote the check for the full 10% of what we had earned that two-week pay period and just kind of let it go and trusted that God would help us work it out. And we did the same thing again two weeks later when the next paycheck came in. And uh, the following Monday, it was very cool for me because I received an email from my um, supervisor at one of the universities that I work with saying that the instruction contracts that I'd received for the semester, um, she had gotten cleared to double them and not not double or teach twice the classes, but just receive twice the income for what I was already teaching. Uh, It was really almost surreal. I'm reading it, I'm thinking, oh cool, like more money. And then I'm like sitting back for a second and I'm thinking, huh kind of interesting timing here. She said in the email that she'd been trying to get this cleared since August and um, it had been tied up in red tape and no one had really gotten back to her on it and now suddenly here we are in a position where it's all coming together and for me that was just really God saying that I can make money where there is no money. I can make the way where there is no way. If you'll give me that 10%, if you'll trust me with it, you're not going to end up in a position where you are without a need. I'm always going to supply those needs. It was really pretty cool. And one of the first things I wanted to do was contact my husband and say, you know what? Look, what, look what God's doing in our lives. We didn't even think or pray or ask for that. And look what he's doing. Um, and so while it may mean tightening our belt or being more careful in some areas, we're going to um, continue to write those 10% checks and just really trust God that, that that's what his word says and that's what we need to do. We thank Bonnie and Jeff for sharing something that's pretty personal with us so that we can learn and grow. In Malachi 3, God not only promises to flood us with blessing, but we're also told to test God in this. Now, generally, we try to avoid testing God for really good reason because we're not supposed to, except here. In Scripture, it says, test me in this. And yet, many of us are quite skeptical, a bit hesitant. Let's face it, we're a little bit afraid to put God to this test. 
Are we afraid of what God will do? Or are we afraid of what God won't do? (laughs) It may even keep us from tithing. Okay, so the Leadership Here Connection embraces this idea of tithing and fully trusts that God will will bless those that tithe. And and we take God at God's word and when he says to test him. In fact, we believe this so strongly that there... It's going to sound like an infomercial here for a minute. We're, we're going to make you an offer that's going to sound too good to be true. It's called the 90-Day Tithing Challenge. The 90-Day Tithing Challenge. We believe in what God says in Malachi so strongly that we want to give you an opportunity to put God to the test. Here's what you do. Tithe 10% of your income to connection for, the, for 90 days. At the end of the 90 days, if, you do not, if you're not convinced that God has fully blessed you, we will return all the money that you gave during that 90-day period. Now, you can't beat that, can you? You can't beat that. All the money back. Money back guarantee, guarantee if you're willing to tithe, to just give it a try for 90 days. What's that? Three months a three-month trial. Now, this is only for those who are not already tithing. (laughs) If you're already tithing, praise the Lord, you already know the blessings. You don't need to take part in a trial, three-month trial, because you're living the dream already. Amen. This is for those who are reluctant, those who are skeptical, maybe even fearful. It's an opportunity for you to do exactly what God tells you to do, to put them to the test. On your way out, you're going to be given one of these brochures. We didn't put it in because we didn't want you reading that instead of listening to these carefully chosen words uh, this morning. But you'll be given one of these. Take it with you. Please read it carefully. Um, uh, It gives you all the details and this, that, and the other, and opportunity to sign up for that tithing challenge. Um, One thing that you might consider if you want to tithe, you say, I forgot to write to We do do pre-authorized debit, you know, you do that for your other account, like for your house and for your car and all those things. And I've heard several people say, well, I didn't know you guys did that. We do it! <laughs> there you go. And so, you know, Mike would, Mike, put your hand up, please. See a guy in a blue shirt? Just talk to Mike. There's forms on the website. It's really simple. That way you don't say, oh, I forgot. You don't get to forget. It's great. It's automatic. It's easy. And I know the bag comes around and say, well, everybody's going to think I'm not giving. Put an envelope in and says, Mike, I love you. <laughs> he might send you a note back, and I love you too. <laughs> you know, the point is, we want to make this as doable as possible. Our point here is to try to help you realize God's blessing for what God calls us to do. Amen? Now, just because you tithe, it doesn't mean that God is going to magically fill your bank account. It doesn't mean (laughs) that at all. It doesn't mean that we don't have to be good stewards of what God has given us. It doesn't mean that we can just blow the money. We still need (laughs) to be careful about spending. Uh, This past month, I was looking in on our bank statement online and 
it was um, dangerously scary to the point where I said, Alan, we can't get gas anymore this week in our cars. I mean, ride your bike. It was that low. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was that low. You know how much gas can takes $50? Okay, it was that low. So my first thought is, wow, we're, we're giving um, more than a tithe to the church. I think we should pull back. And then, quickly, I thought, no, that's not it at all. You see, our lives are so hectic. We've been through the drive through at McDonald's. I can't tell you how many times. We've done pizza after church at Middletown Pizza. We've gone out to eat. We've eaten with some of you guys over the last few months. We have had a blast eating out this month. That's not a good, good way to spend the money that God's given us. That's why we're short, not because of the tithe. So we do need to be careful about our spending. You know, if, um, if everyone in this church tithes, wow, wow, it'd be, uh, there never would have to wonder where the money was going to come from to do what God calls us to do. In fact, we probably would really have to say, God, where do you want us to do with all this? It would be incredible. It would be great. But as great as that would be, you know what would be even greater is this. Can you imagine just how blessed this congregation would be if everyone were to trust God enough if everyone were faithful enough, if everyone were, were able to relinquish control enough to give God our first fruits and to allow God to bless each and every one of us as he has promised he will do. Can you just imagine, it talks about a flood, open the floodgates of blessing if, if, uh, uh, on an individual or family if they tie. Can you imagine the floodgates if this congregation, we were all, you know, felt that call to do what God calls us to do. Can you imagine what could happen if a congregation were that faithful to the promises of God? Wow. We'd like to share some scripture with you. It's Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put in all, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. I love that story. I, I wish I had the kind of faith that she had. I, I'm not that faithful. <laughs> And the thing is, God doesn't call us to be that faithful with our money. He wants us to give us him his all, but he asks us not for all, but just 10%. What he's actually doing is calling us to put him first, to worship him with what we've got, to give not from our wealth, but from our hearts. But the thing is, God's not just calling us to give, he's calling us to tithe. And so the question for us today is this, are we going to answer or are we going to decline 
this call that God gives us? We're going to say yes to the tithing call, or we're going to say no to answering that call to tithe? It's up to you. Let's pray. Holy God. Wow. It's a challenge. Tithing challenge. Thanks. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to put you to the test to see just how much you can bless us. I pray that uh, I pray that you open our hearts and our minds and our spirits to t- tune into you and be willing to trust you that much. Oftentimes we don't. I pray that you'll uh, touch us here today. Those who are reluctant would be willing to say, I'll give it a try and have an opportunity to just see how blessed they can be. We ask these things in the name of Jesus the Christ and your Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for taking part in sharing the message for this week. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also reach our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.